And now, The Federal Drive with Tom Tammen on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, underwritten by Impress Technology Solutions and Dell EMC. Hello and thanks for joining us on this Monday, April 29th, 2019, six minutes past the hour. I'm Tom Temin. Our producers are Lauren Larson and Eric White, our digital editors, Amelia Brust and David Thornton. Coming up in this hour of The Federal Drive, people aren't the only things in the United States that get counted in a census. Plus, this agency has outgrown a long-planned and really big production facility only a few years after moving in. Those stories and much more ahead during this hour of The Federal Drive. But first, the Defense Department is saying not so fast on the fail fast motto it's developed. The Pentagon held its annual lab day last week, and while there were plenty of innovative technologies on display, DOD's Undersecretary for Research and Engineering, Michael Griffin, said it's important the military doesn't forget its scientific roots. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni was there and uh, had some pretty interesting observations. And Scott, why don't we talk first about the fail fast display? Because fail fast doesn't exactly sound like something you'd want a military operation to say at first glance. Yeah, failure is uh, not an option usually for the military. But in this case, they want to fail. They want to be like Silicon Valley, which is the California hub of technology, which takes this atmosphere of let's try something new. Let's see if it works. Let's build a prototype. And then if it fails, we learn from it and we move on and, and build the next thing. Well, the military has been using the past, uh, well, really since the Cold War, an acquisition system that does not follow that. What it follows is these are big, huge weapon systems that cost billions of dollars, and if you fail, well, that's a, a huge issue for the military and for the taxpayers, so you better not fail. That puts a lot of pressure on building something that's perfect, and then you kind of end up with these these systems that don't fit the the current technology that that are kind of weird and Frankenstein-y and, and added all these kind of aspects to it that don't belong there. And the background of all of this is that the DOD fundamentally understands that the technological edge, which gave it a military edge for so many years, is shrinking. The adversaries are catching up. And so they're looking for agile ways to get around to the next round of technology. And that extends down to acquisition also then, correct? That's right. They need to stay up to date with China and Russia, which also have a faster acquisition system because, well, they don't have the same oversight and don't maybe don't exactly worry about the same issues that, that we worry about when it comes to abuse or fraud or you know things like that. So uh, they're moving in a, a fast pace and also just the, the way that technology is moving right now in the world. So the DOD is realizing it needs to catch up. It needs to work with private industry to make this happen. And that's where this whole fail fast attitude came from. Why is the undersecretary, Michael Griffin, saying maybe not so fast on fail fast? Right. Well, you go to any DOD event now, you hear fail fast, you hear rapid capabilities office, you hear pitch day where they awarded a contract in one hour, all these things that happen so quickly. And, you know, he's, I think, just saying, let's let's hold on for a second because you can go as fast as you want to, but if you don't make it something that's going to be impactful for the mission, well, then that's going to be an issue. So something that he said is that it's not actually about speed, but it's about velocity. And velocity is a vector that combines direction and and speed. So having that direction and having uh, a place that you're going and and knowing that you're going to get somewhere that's going to help someone and not just building some bridge to nowhere is how uh, he wants the, the Defense Department to operate. Sounds like he's saying, yes, okay, fail fast when it's 
okay to fail fast, but don't plan to fail. In a way. I mean, I think he wants people to fail fast. But one of the things that he also said was that he doesn't like the term fail fast because people look at fail fast and and there's different aspects to failing quickly. If you fail and you uh, don't learn anything from it, then it's useless. But if you do learn and you take those those lessons that you learned and bring them to the next prototype, the next uh, advancement, then you're, you're really making progress. Yeah, well, that idea of turning and velocity makes sense because then it's not just failing, but it's trying something. Well, then let's be agile. That's not working. Let's move on to the next thing. Maybe change direction makes more sense than, okay, that failed. Now what? We're speaking with Federal News Network Scott Mossioni and Lab Day. That had some things being shown that could fail fast or maybe not fail fast. Yeah, and, and one other thing I want to bring up about the fail fast really quickly is that Silicon Valley has a, um, a venture capitalist side to it. The Defense Department is not a capitalist institution. And I think one of the best examples of this is Theranos, which was a biotech startup. It had $700 million of, of money that it had brought up for the, from a startup. It also had the backing of the Defense Department, and Secretary Mattis was on the board of it. It ended up failing, and it failed because it really didn't have any kind of product. Uh, and it actually was had reached a settlement with the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, for massive fraud. And so, you know, I think that's also what Michael Griffin is, is looking at is that we really need to be uh, look at oversight and to make sure that there is peer review within everything that you're doing. Yeah, maybe the only thing the Pentagon has in common with some of these Silicon Valley entrepreneurs or phonies even is they're using other people's money when they do <laughs> the failures. All right, so Lab Day did show some things that might be worth taking a chip on. Yeah, so the cool thing about Lab Day is it's all the DOD labs that are across the nation come together. They show off these amazing innovations that they've been working on for the past year. And one of the really cool ones that I saw while it was there was an army innovation and it's a uh, something you put on your head it puts in dc current into your brain and it's supposed to make you smarter it's supposed to add some um spatial uh, elements to you so that you can read maps better or maybe understand geography a little bit better uh you can also pick up a language better it's something that they're experimenting with they've seen about a 20 percent increase uh and uh it, it seems that these effects last for about a day so they're working on um, some prototypes now, and uh, they're hoping that they can put it into the field uh, eventually. Let me guess, was the company called Synaptics.com or something <laughs> like that? Yeah, I, I actually, it, so it was um, um, came from a, a army research lab, so it, it's not from a company, but rather from the lab. But, um, so, you know, something that seems extremely futuristic, like super soldiers, something that they're actually working on and trying to put into real life. Well, that's true. I mean, the Army and uh, the Navy, for that matter, and the Air Force all have major research laboratories and wings that go back many, many years. And so maybe that's what Griffin meant when he said, let's not forget the scientific roots. Right. Some of the stuff starts in the step beyond venture capital and trying new technologies to the research end of things. What else did you see? Well, you know, not everything is based on lethality. There's also things that are medical advances that can eventually maybe even go into the popular world. Another thing that came out of one of the medical research laboratories is a sensor that tracks the heating of your body. So as you probably know, 
soldiers and service members are running a lot, especially in, in extreme climates. Well, this is a sensor that stays on your body. It reads your, your skin temperature, the hydration that comes out of your body, your heart rate, and then it can look for signs of heat exhaustion. So you'll have someone at, uh, if you remember the matrix, they always had someone looking at these uh, screens, watching their, their biometrics. Well, this is exactly what that is. So someone can be watching all the people training when they're running in formation or whatever, say, that guy looks like he may need some uh, some water, or he looks a little, you know, he's looking like he might be, be getting heat exhaustion or heat stroke, and they can pull people out, say, here's some water, you know, we're noticing you're wobbling a bit, and then send them back after they've cooled down a little bit. Or they could tie it to that helmet and send a little more voltage to their brain or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this was a way to show what was going on in the DOD's own labs. Right, that's right. And they, they had everything from the Fourth Estate to the military services and the medical services. So things from MDA all the way to, uh, you know, the under under unmanned underwater vehicles. Um, it was very interesting, very exciting, and all in the courtyard of the Pentagon. And by the way, you know, one of the things the Army lab developed, I think, a long time ago, or the soldier lab, they call it, was the MRE, the meal ready to eat, to replace the horrible old K rations. <laughs> sure. And so that made its way back out into the public as the kind of uh, freeze-dried and self-contained meals that a lot of people that go camping use. Exactly, yeah. So a little reverse technology transfer there. Federal News Network Scott Mascioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Be sure to check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Still to come on Federal News Radio, this agency has outgrown a long-planned and really big production facility only a few years after moving in. It's The Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. (coughs) Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. SMS text, 1118 AM. Hey girl, emergency. You wouldn't believe what just happened. Are you at your desk? I ripped my skirt and like half my tush is hanging out. Third floor bathroom, please help. LOL. When you send messages on SMS, someone else could be reading them. With end-to-end encryption, WhatsApp ensures that your personal messages are your personal messages. WhatsApp. Always message privately.